0: everyone this episode is about what i learned at the unbound ed standards institute i attended at the end of june it was a 2-day conference that focused on equity as well as literacy and how to attend to the unfinished learning of students due to covid-19 the unbound ed vision is education systems disrupt systemic racism by providing students of color meaningful engaging and affirming grade-level instruction The keynote speaker on day two was amazing. It was Gloria Ladson-Billings from UW-Madison. She talked a lot about what culturally responsive teaching looks like right now, and one big takeaway for me was about leveraging youth culture and digital literacy. She also spoke about the importance of not asking students how their summer was or how their weekends are or what they did during quarantine. Instead, ask them what was hard for you If you had to be in quarantine again, what would you want to have? We need to help students cope with the trauma of the pandemic, as well as the recent racial violence. There are four big ideas I walked away with from the conference. And I'm going to explain them each to you in a little bit of detail, hopefully not too much. The first one, a systemic phonics program is needed every day in grades K through five. And especially in K-2. Print concepts need to be solidified by the end of kindergarten. That is the most important thing that we need to focus on during kindergarten in terms of foundational skills. I learned a little bit about phonological awareness, which is hearing sounds. So there are... Syllable division, onset and rhyme, and phonemic awareness are things that kids can do while they're lining up with songs and poems and rhymes, and those phonological awareness must be made solid in K-2. There was talk about considering adding foundational skills block to third grade and thinking about automaticity and fluency and how that needs to be taught explicitly all the way through fifth grade. According to the Institute, all teachers should be doing phonics and phonological awareness every day, K2, in a systematic way. Fluency is just three to five minutes of practice a day, again focused on automaticity, accuracy, and expression, and that's all the way through fifth grade. I learned that teaching phonics is a matter of equity because all students need it. So even if in kindergarten or first or second grade, we have advanced students, they still need aspects of phonics. And so it is a matter of equity. The best way to teach it is daily following a scope and sequence. And so I'm hoping that um, as we get back to work this fall, we'll really be able to think and plan what phonics instruction will look like, K-5. The second important takeaway for me was really kind of mind blowing, which is core instruction in literacy needs to be at grade level and that includes small group instruction. So I'm gonna say that again because it took me a while to process. Core instruction in literacy includes small group instruction. So, after we do our shared reading and we break into small groups for guided practice, those groups, kids need to be working at grade level with grade level text at grade level. So, um, this was really a mind shift um, switch for me, and I'm sure it will be for you as well. So, it's kind of a myth that readers have a specific level. So, when we classify kids as, oh, he's a level L or their level F that's not really accurate what we need to do is give kids books by topic and genre and interest level not specific text reading levels we want to give them books on topics that they know or care about and we want to push them so we would be scaffolding instruction for them if they're not reading um, fluently at grade level we would still be instructing using text at grade level. So that tier one small group instruction really needs to be on topics that kids are interested at grade level. And small group instruction is tier one. So that was a really big takeaway for me and something I'm looking forward to talking with you all more about as we get closer to fall. The third big takeaway for me Um, which I started actually working on with Katrina earlier this year. We were part of um, a program that got a little bit cut short, but it was working on read-aloud text for grades three through five. And this is about how we choose text. And what I learned, again, relearned, was that choosing text really matters And we should not just be using quantitative measures like text reading level or Lexile level. Our qualitative measures are what is the most important. And even most important really is to read the text first. That's considered an equity move. So we read the text, we determine what is the main idea or the key idea, what is begging to be taught from that text? What do we really want kids to know and learn? And then we think about four components of qualitative uh, text complexity. We think about the meaning. um, What are the layers of meaning within that text? The structure. What are the text features? How is it organized? What genre is it? We think about knowledge. What background knowledge do kids have and what background knowledge do we need to give them so that they can be successful reading and comprehending that text? And then we think about language so what's the vocabulary that they need what's the sentence structure like what kind of figurative language isn't in, is in the text so really thinking carefully about how we choose text especially as we move forward in our quest to become anti-racist educators we really need to be thinking about what is it as we choose text that we're considering And again, thinking about grade level and above so that we're giving kids um, a strong foundation with vocabulary, with um, word choice and structure and knowledge and meaning around text. And the fourth thing that I came away from this um, conference with was that scaffolds are different from modifications and we often modify curriculum when it isn't necessary. So I really realized upon reflection, how many things I did in the classroom and how many things I've encouraged you all to do as a coach and thinking about scaffolds and how some of those things are not actually scaffolds, but they are actually modifications. And that's not okay if we're talking about equity. So I really want to um, touch on this for just a minute, which is that scaffolds are adaptations that allow access to grade level instruction, which includes supports that are gradually removed, that um, supports that allow students to demonstrate independent proficiency with grade level instruction. Modifications are adaptations that actually change the learning and lower the level of challenge for students. And so we want, here are just a few common modifications that feel like scaffolds. One is reading a simpler text because we think kids will be able to understand it better. That is a modification, which we should not be doing. Simplifying or replacing vocabulary, again, modification. Translating the text is also a modification. So instead of translating the text, we really need to be thinking about how can we support our students who are English learners in accessing the English text. Explaining the main idea. I know I'm guilty of doing that, Um, telling kids, well, here's the main idea. Now let's look for some details together. And I know that some of you will say, I've talked to you about doing exactly that. This conference helped me realize that that is a modification and that is not um, holding students to high rigor. And then uh, another, similarly, introducing a text through a summary of its main points. So when you're thinking about teaching students a text before reading it or even afterwards saying here are the key ideas in this text um, are the main points I want you to make sure to know. So really what I came away with was that we need to love kids enough to let them struggle. These ideas are really all about equity providing needed instruction to all our students and thinking about not where they are now and instructing them there, but where they need to be and instructing them there, which is grade level. It's about raising our expectations for all students and not assuming what they're capable of based on our own bias. I'm really looking forward to talking all of these ideas through with you when we come back for professional development at the end of August.